But my dad and I would have the best conversations. And I remember him treating me like an adult. He would ask me questions and one, like he was always inquisitive about what was going on in my mind. And so I always felt valued. Actually, as a young girl, like I never questioned my, I didn't have insecurity issues. Like I had self-assurance. And so just valuing your kids and disciplining, I think in a way that he never disciplined us when he was angry. Mm. And there were, there were three boundaries that we knew if we crossed, there were consequences. When it comes to building a business empire online while intentionally cultivating a thriving life at home with kids, well, there is no roadmap. It's not easy, but the great news is we're not alone. We live in a crazy world that is truly unlike any other time in our history. And if you're like me, you've got an impact of your own to make, but you're not willing to sacrifice your relationship with those that you love in order to get it. My name is Stephanie Dove Blake, and this is the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast where we'll journey together to learn what it means to be a truly powerful parent. Let's go. Guys, yeah, I know I'm excited every podcast, but this one I am extra excited. We have the ever lovely Jamie Cross on with us today, and she has been someone that I've looked up to in the industry for so, so long. And it all began, I remember, at one of our uh, ClickFunnels events, and her and I sat down at a table, and she blew my mind with her heart for people Um, with this beautiful, beautiful business acumen and ability to see people for who they are and her heart to want to call people in and just help them to know who they are. And so anyway, she's she's been such an inspiration because she prioritizes her family and her business and she's built this beautiful, massive empire online but she's kept that kingdom at home. And I've, I've met some of her kids. It's been a little while now, but I've met some of her kids and they just impressed me to no end. And so I've got Jamie on here and she is uh, the owner of the Her Effect and also of MIG. I believe now it's now Herbal Alchemy, right? Which is a multi-figure yeah. organic skincare company. She's a lover of Christ, a mother of four boys. Five now, five now. I knew <laughs> I missed one. We had one in between the last one. Five beautiful boys. And uh, she is a true impact maker, you guys. Girl, okay, so tell us really quickly, what are the ages of your kids now? Because I I knew you had a new baby, but it just didn't register. So tell me (laughs) of all the boys. Yes, our oldest is 14. We have 12, 11, 6, and then 2. So he's 2 now. We've got a good spread going on there. <laughs> I love it. Yes, we had gaps in between. And and so whenever you first started MIG at the beginning, how old were your kids? So my two oldest now were babies. I was nursing Seth and um, they were both in diapers. Wow, 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 wow. Um, whenever you began that journey, uh, actually for those who don't know, could you give just a little short synopsis of kind of what happened there? I mean, I know you, you've built so many awesome things, but you started this business and all began with soap and well, it didn't all begin. It came before then, but soap was the big opener and, and you had these babies and you were going to farmer's markets and all sorts of things. Do you mind giving them a little glimpse into what that was like whenever you began? Oh yeah. Like Back to the beginning or just actually after we started? Yeah, no, back to the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. They they start businesses from a place of pain. I know that's where I was almost 13 years ago. You know, we were, Nathan was teaching, working all the time, coaching. And um, I was, had come home to be a full-time mom from a banking career. So I had been in finance and all that good stuff. 
And two and a half years into full-time motherhood, I just knew I wanted more. I wanted to build something. I wanted to fix the money problem. You know, I just remember one particular week, it was like utility bill, you know, calls coming. When are you going to pay your bills? My debit card declining at the grocery store. And it was just one of those, like, this is not my life kind of, and I'm nursing and we've got two diaper babies and just struggling to the max. I mean, emotional struggle, marriage struggles, parenting, all the things. And I just went to bed crying one night and cried out to God and said, God, show me a billion dollar idea so I can change the world and leave a legacy for my family. (laughs) And I still have told the story a thousand times and I still cry when I tell it. It was so like, it was just the nightmare life, I feel like. And um, went to church on Sunday, our pastor stops the sermon and in the middle of his message just said, you know, this has never happened to me before, but the Lord just spoke to my heart and said that there's a stay at home mom here who he wants to give a billion dollar idea to. So get ready for it. (laughs) And so I had a dream not too long after that. And I saw the business in a whole, in my dream, a whole blueprint. And I studied for a year chemistry, you know, learned how to formulate and took my first product, which was a bar of soap and packed it up, put my stilettos on for the first time in like three and a half years at that point and just hit the streets of Denver and Colorado Springs, two babies in the back of the car. My mom drove me around nine hours a day, multiple times a week. And I just walked into stores and talked to owners and buyers and I was hustling, you know, that's another really, I think, key thing is this idea of working um, from a place of rest. I'm like, yeah, from a place of rest. But if you want to be successful, you got to learn diligence and hustle and all that stuff is important. So did farmer's markets for four years and then found digital marketing in um, 2017 and blew up from farmer's markets to six figures in six weeks, seven figures in six months. And then in two and a half years, we hit the eight figure mark. And so, um, and I just praise the Lord for that. I was, it's the wisdom of the Lord. You know, the Bible says that it's God who gives us the power to gain wealth and it's him who blesses the work of our hands. And I can look back on 13 years and just be like, okay, that wasn't me. (laughs) That was God every time just, you know, creating the the life force here. Um, I did the work and he just partnered with me. Wow, Jamie, I just love your story so much. I know so many people resonate with that hunger and that knowing that you want to change your circumstances and you want to make an impact as well. And then for God to to do that and to give you that vision and then for you to take action on it and hustle, it's it's just so incredible. But in the midst of all of that story, you are a mother. Like you're you're not just any mother, you're a present mother. And and none of us are perfect. And for those of you listening, if you haven't heard it yet, it's not about being uh, perfect. It's about being a powerful parent. And uh, Jamie, I, I'm wondering if you could kind of reflect back on some of that time um, in the midst of all that hustle. What were some oh, yeah. ways that you prioritized your relationships with your kids and, and feeding into them that you could call out, you know, in, in the midst of all the craziness? I mean, that is some speedy growth you had there. Yeah. Well, and in all of those early years, you know, once you start a business, it's like having a baby, right? The business has needs and you don't get to say, sorry, I'm not going to feed you today. (laughs) I'll wait till tomorrow. You, you feed your business so your business can grow or your business dies. Right. And so there were many times, especially in the early days, like one of my very first big goals was I want to hire help in the home. And I always empower women get help outsource the things that you can't be that you can be replaced in the things that we can't be replaced in are things like parenting and mothering and nurturing our children and quality time but the things that we can are things like food prep 
meals, cleaning the bathrooms, like all the things that just take your time away from your family. I couldn't wait to have resources to be able to do that. But, you know, looking back on those early years, Stephanie, I was, I, I didn't know what I was doing. It was like, there was no balance. And I look back on some of the, like, there wasn't times that I prioritized my kids. There were times that, you know, uh, veggie tails was a, a, you know, a life, uh, source for me. Cause I'm like, I have to get this work done. And so, Hey, you're going to watch veggie tails for an hour, but I worked nursing at two o'clock in the morning, weekends, nap times, early mornings, late nights, whatever I could find those pockets of time. And looking back now, I'm like, I was still building the motherhood and entrepreneurial muscle. So I just was like surviving. Now I look back and I'm like, Oh my gosh, I should have done it this way, right? Mm-hmm. Hindsight's always 2020. I should have, you know, um, created these quality time moments. And I did as much as I knew how, but I literally like it was survival, grab your babies and just like do the best you can. And um, and so I, I did that. It was, you know, it was like you find pockets of time to read to them, to talk to them. And now like being where I am in business, it's a totally different journey. Because I think about what I should have done 10 years ago. I'm like, what's my 10 year from now self going to say looking back on these seasons where I'm like, I've got three and a half years left before my oldest is considered an adult, you know, and all these different life seasons that I'm in where I've got a baby and a growing like almost two teenagers. (laughs) What do I do? I'm still in an experimental phase. Like hopefully if you're going to come back to this podcast five years from now, I can say, look at how much success I have as a mother. It's still experimenting. Like, I don't know sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, <laughs> I love that what we're just, doing works. Yeah. I love, love, love that you just said that because um, I was interviewing Russell and he literally said the same thing. He's like, I'm not sure if this is all going to work, but this is what we're doing now. But I think that that's because there is no formula um, where I believe that each child that we're given is given to us for a reason and a purpose. We're, we're the parent for the job. Right. And when that happens, when we have our kids with us, uh, and we're we're doing our very best. Each one is so very different, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's just because one parent is having success one way, it doesn't mean that's what's right for every single child. And so I think that is the goal. I think the the journey is the goal, right? We're we're not we're not yes. headed for this place of like, oh my gosh, we've reached this perfect parenting right. rhythm or whatever. No, because it's like dynamic. It's always changing. There's different. Yes. And we have to be able to flow with those different seasons with our children as they're going through what they're going through. And we have to be able to snap from like two-year-old to like freaking 14. And for me, uh, 17 and 20-year-old, like it's mind bending sometimes, but that's where um, I feel like what you said about the work-life balance is so important to remember. Uh, and actually you have this wonderful reel right now that I just, I love. It came out just a couple of days before our podcast. I'm like, that's going to be perfect. But you said, I don't actually believe in the concept of work-life balance. Everything great in life is going to require a price and there's always going to be chaos, chaos around us. And you talked about Peter and like being in, in, in these waves and, and being tossed to and fro from the waves, but he looked at Jesus. And when he looked at Jesus, he was able to walk on water because Mm -hmm. that was where he was able to find his peace. And you said, in everything that we're doing, it's not about work-life balance. People are striving for something that just doesn't exist. So can you talk to me a little bit more about that? What are your thoughts? Mm -hmm. Well, you said it, the process is the progress. And when I'm talking to women, I tell them that all the time, I'm like, don't try to reach some destination 
even though as as visionaries, as entrepreneurs, we're constantly reaching the next goal and, and striving for the next thing, but it's a discipline to be present and also to be operating from a place of peace, kind of like what I was talking in the beginning, you know, peace is found within. I mean, I look at all the different times that we, I would say were the most quote successful or had the biggest growth. And I'm like, it was chaos around, around us. I mean, yeah. Like whatever, whatever people think on the outside, gosh, you know, I, I probably need to be more vulnerable about the the crazy show it is sometimes of man, if you were, if you saw my kitchen, you saw my office right now, right now, as I'm sitting here talking to you, my office is a complete, you know, just papers and books and studies and research this it's, but finding the peace and the joy and even the contentment. It's all a fruit of affixing your eyes on Jesus, um, the author and the perfecter. And when we behold him, it says that we're transformed naturally into his image. And so I have learned, it's, I think it's a discipline that we have to learn to become a people of um, fortitude and calm. And um, we're supposed to be the answers in the world, right? We're supposed to be the ones that are filled with peace and joy and be the one speaking to the storms. And so we can only do that um, by faith. And I'll tell you, like we're, every human is in their own process Mm -hmm. and um, working out the, the, like the flesh and the nature, the, the human nature is, that's why we have the struggles is those struggles are for our benefit. Um, We're supposed to go through the hard things. It's um, the Bible talks about it. Consider it, um, discipline. God is disciplining, right? Or there is just discipline in life. It might not even be the Lord. It could just be like life circumstances are training us and maybe we've bad made bad decisions. And so now like the natural consequences of those decisions are, are disciplining us, but we should embrace discipline as hardship and embrace it so that we can learn and not have to keep going back around that, that same mountain all the time. Um, and so be a fast learner and learn how to get out. And we've got this amazing mind. And I think a lot of people are trying to pray their way out of bad situations. They're trying to pray their way into success. And I'm like, guys, um, (laughs) really like God's waiting for you. He put you here. He gave you dominion. Um, Figure it out. Use your mind and problem solve and be like the best problem solver in the world. We've got this amazing partnership with the Lord where he can give us answers and tell us which way to go and um, yeah. but always moving forward and working hard. Gosh, I love that so much. So um, back into like the parenting aspect of what you're talking about with when the crap hits the fan, when it's super, super busy, when we are building this beautiful empire and we, we feel that stretch and that pull, um, you know, finding that peace and, and, and really leaning into that is so vitally important. Um, what are some of the things that you've done or you find yourself doing, uh, for one in the midst of the hustle and then maybe secondarily, whenever it's not so crazy, maybe what are some of the patterns that you do, but when you're in the midst of the hustle, are there anchors or things that you have in your family that are kind of non-negotiables or, um, little things that you do with your kids, uh, to keep that connection fervent and alive? Yes. One is having family meetings where we get to have truth talks, you know, cause Uh, I've noticed as my boys are getting older, like all the independence and the having the opinions. And then there's like this friction between the two older brothers and they're like arguing. We've got arguments happening in our family more than ever before. And so it's like, 
what's the root? I'm always coming back to the root. Like, is it bad communication? Because one day, if you say that to your wife, you know, you're going to struggle in your marriage. So let's go back to what's good, good communication frameworks. And so having family truth talks where we get to, you know, have a safe place where they can express, you know, we have this no tattle policy or it's like, if you come to me or if you come to dad, um, you're coming before a judge. So you need to bring your brother with you. There's no talking about them behind their backs and tattling. It's like you guys come together and then your job is to communicate with each other. And I'm here to help you create good communication practices. I'm not here to necessarily tell like you what's right or wrong. And what I've noticed too, I'm like, sometimes they have a skewed sense of justice because they're biased towards their own thing. And so I'm teaching them, taking those moments to like, um, the word of God is, is a rod of discipline as well. So like getting back to the scriptures, because that is um, more powerful than a two-edged sword. Another thing is just bedtime, not letting bedtime connection. And so with five boys, I'm like, if I took and did bedtime and like tucked them all in every, every night, I would spend five hours every night doing bedtime. So um, we all get together. We all sit on our bed. Nathan and I bought a king size bed. We got married. We we slept in a twin bed our first year of marriage. Now we're in a king size bed and all the kids. And um, one of them tells a story. I actually have stories recorded from like eight years ago when Judah was super tiny and Ben was like three years old. And so I have this like um, this whole catalog of stories that the boys have told. And it's an t- opportunity for them to just use their imagination and tell a story. But then we always end up talking and laughing or um, we also have meal time. So dinner is a big thing where we tell riddles and jokes. Um, we talk about our day. And sometimes I I feel this sense of like, I get stressed out a lot right now as a mother because I'm like, I feel like time is slipping away so fast and I'm in a slow breakup with my boys. <laughs> I'm like trying to hold on to every moment. And I actually have hired people in my business so that I can spend the kind of time I want with my kids and like do some traveling and take them places and be the one that introduces them to the world. Um, Nathan and I both, you know, um, but I'm in a place in my company right now where I'm actually working more on the company than I am in the business, right? And so I think that should be a really big goal for parents is what kind of a life do you want to live and how do you want to interact with your children? Our kids are all homeschooled, unschooled, actually. We don't have a curriculum. I could talk all day long about that kind of stuff, but um, openness and transparency in in our family and not letting things like build up. Um, And we've never had a lying problem in our, in our family, which I think is because we've always made it safe for them to tell the truth. And so the boys know that they can come to us, you know, now they're talking about girls and it's so funny. Even my six-year-old the other day was like, we have family friends coming over next week and they have a little girl who's his age. And I was like, guess he's coming next week, Charlotte. And he's like, don't make me blush. You know, I like her. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so so I think just having, having a friendship with your kids, which discipline comes first, of course, man. Okay. You just said a lot of really incredible things. And, and the first question that comes to mind, well, actually two questions, but the first one is, Jamie, what do you do when it's been an incredibly long day and you just don't feel like having bedtime. Like you don't necessarily want all kids in your bed and your brain is just zapped. And mm-hmm. like how how did you think through and handle those situations? Like what were your 
like, do you have any tools around that? Because I know sometimes at the end of the day, we're spent, we're so spent. And I think it's important for us to be careful with our energy so that we do have that time for our families, but sometimes we're just flat out spent. Um, can you think on a time where that, where you were, where you were there? Oh yeah. I mean, gosh, I'd love to say that every night we do, we do family bedtime night and seven days a week, but no, it's, (laughs) we miss those. And we, Nathan and I both work from home. And so we're all together all the time, all day. And, you know, some of our boys, their love language is quality time. So I think openness and transparency with your kids is really important. Being able to say, guys, let's just read a book now, or I'm going to have you guys go to bed early because you were up late last night. You just need to get in bed. You can stay up and read alone Yeah. and not having it where there's always so much structure. It's like, it's almost like what Jesus said about the Sabbath. It's, you know, Sabbath for man, not man for Sabbath. So I'm like, these things that we've implemented in our family are not meant to be bondage, right? Yeah. They're things that we do when, um, when we, you know, we want to have that good rhythm, but sometimes we fall out of rhythm and it's okay. And um, I think the key thing is just communication and making it fun too. Like the, we don't have a television actually just like a month ago, we bought a TV for the first time for, cause we had guests coming over for fo- the football thing. What is it called again? Uh, Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. So now we have this TV, we put it in storage all week long. Cause we've, up until like a month ago, we would ha- just have the projector and we put a screen up every Friday night for family movie night. So sometimes now I'm like, well, you know, you guys can watch an episode of The Chosen or something that would just enrich you before you go to bed. I think the key thing is be have them be edified and enriched before they go to bed so that they wake up feeling alive and excited. Mm. You know, I love that so much because you aren't uh, the bondage part. You aren't, you aren't marrying yourself to, you have to do this because we don't need any more mom guilt or dad guilt. If you're listening, right. We've got got plenty of reasons for that. So you set up structures like bedtime um, and mealtime, family, family talks, uh, or you call them family meetings. And so you've got these structures set up in your home, but you're not being rigid about it and giving yourself grace. Cause I, I really do believe it's the quality and not the quantity. So like, let's just say you had potential for X amount of bedtime, you know, stories and and all of those things in a year, in a given year. And you, you missed, let's just say you missed 30% of them or 40% of them, Mm -hmm. but oh my gosh, you got 60 or 70% of them in. You weren't before, right. Or maybe you weren't going to have that. And I think that's phenomenal. Hey, powerful parents, Stephanie here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Did you know that statistics show that 88% of Americans say they eat dinner with their family every night or a few times a week? I think that's a pretty awesome stat. But if you're anything like me and you're an entrepreneur, then after a day filled of putting out fires and maybe various events, testing your patients, sometimes it's hard to think of questions that can help you really connect with your kids beyond the standard, how was your day? When my kids were just littles, I put together a list of questions to solve this problem and to help us have something to connect with over dinner time. And now I would love to share my curated dinner questions with you. This is good for littles and for bigs. There's lots of different varying questions in there. And these questions are going to help to ensure that the conversation is not just lively, but will bring you closer to your children while you enjoy a delicious meal together. As a listener of this podcast, you can get access to these questions at www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Once you're there, make sure to type in your best email and I'll have my team shoot over the questions for you. 
Once you get the questions, I encourage you to make this a family affair. Print them out. Have your kids help you cut them out. We even grabbed a mason jar and my kids decorated it. And that's where we put all of our questions. And that same mason jar still sits on or near our dinner table to this day. We've been using these questions for close to eight years now, and I've really enjoyed the fun conversation and connection that's come from them. I hope your family enjoys them as much as mine have. Again, that's www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Now back to the show. One thing that's super interesting to me about all of these things that you said, I've heard just a little bit about how you were raised. Cause I know you were raised on a farm and you had that rich, you know, outdoor experience as a kid and you valued that and you learned so much through that. And I know now you have a farm yourself and you're getting to pass that on and give that to your children, which I think is just so beautiful. Um, and, and how you were parented, I'm curious how that's relating to the things that you and Nathan are doing as parents, because uh, like, did you have family meetings or meal times that were, you know, kind of a, st- uh, a, a staple or an anchor inside of your family growing up? Or are these innovations that you have brought out out of a, a want and a desire to create something in your family individually? Yeah, um, those were definitely things that we created when Nathan and I got married, actually very early on. It was like the first month we got married. I remember actually going to a prayer event and somebody talking about like, you are the beginning of a new generation. And we really took that to heart and and have over time now, 20 years of marriage and 14 and a half years of parenting created some of these things. But growing up, you know, one of the things that my dad did really well was he did discipline right. And he did quality time, right. And he did entrepreneurship, right. He was a business owner and I was homeschooled. So he took me on a lot of his job sites. He was a builder. So I was, I could build a home if you needed me to, (laughs) Um, but my dad and I would have the best conversations. And I remember him treating me like an adult and he would ask me questions and one, like he was always inquisitive about what was going on in my mind. And so I always felt valued actually as a young girl. Like I never questioned my, I didn't have insecurity issues. Like I had self-assurance. And so just valuing your kids and, and disciplining, I think in a way that he never disciplined us when he was angry. Mm. And there were, there were three boundaries that we knew if we crossed, there were consequences. And it was a lot. If you lied, if you were directly disobedient, and if you maintained a bad attitude. So he'd always say, Jamie Lynn, change your attitude or I will. And so I knew like, okay, check my heart, get my attitude right. Or I'm going to be, <laughs> you know, in trouble. And so we have two boundaries in our family um, that it's very simple. What are they? And I'll ask my boys and they'll be like, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And what's the second one? Be a blessing. And so I'm like, are you being a blessing to your brother? Are you, are you leaving extra work for him? Are you being um, rude, selfish, whatever? You know, are you acting selfishly? Yes. Okay. Well, you go figure it out. You know what you did. <laughs> go make it right. And I never say go apologize. Mm. I'm like saying you're sorry is not making it right. Go make it right to him. And so I've coached them like, Seth, I, when I did this, I know that that hurt your feelings and that was wrong of me. And next time I'm going to do it differently. Mm. And now the thing is the boys are like, but then they didn't do it differently. He keeps doing the same thing over and over and over again. <laughs> and I'm like, so we're coaching through like, well, then focus on your own, like keep your own sense of integrity. And don't worry about your brothers and what they're doing. Like you um, maintain your own character and 
you sow seeds of kindness and I promise you it will come back around to you because we have a vicious cycle right now with our two older like they prank each other and I'm like well he pranked you yesterday you know like what are you upset with when you come to me about why he pranked you like this start sowing those seeds that you want from him and it'll come back around to you and so creating that culture or maintaining like culture which I think is difficult because they I know when they're adults, they're going to remember these conversations, but as young, like boys processing and like living it out, it doesn't come out naturally. Like you, Nathan and I don't have strife in our home. Like you don't see us arguing, um, but somehow you picked it up somewhere. Mm -hmm. That nature, that natural intent (laughs) of just like, man, it comes out big time, especially whenever there's a bunch bunch of rambunctious boys in house, for sure. Oh my goodness. Difference. Yes. So, okay, with with all of these different things, like you've mentioned, and you talked about the fact that you haven't had a TV in your home. And so I've got to talk about this because that is so counterculture. I just can't even, and I love it. I love it. Um, we have screens in our homes. I mean, we we're more of a techie gaming family. And um, and and I feel like, you know, you every single family has to find what works for themselves and and where their standards are. And I would, you know, part of me is like, man you know, I, I, I love kind of the rules and things that we have set up now and what we figured out for our family right now. But part of me, like I literally was talking to my husband was like, what if we just had a season where we go all summer with no TV screens, no computer screens, no nothing. The kids will be out of school. They go to a university model school right now. So they homeschool mm-hmm. Tuesday, Thursdays now, whereas previously we, we homeschooled and, um, and so we're we're talking about that and the idea just lights me up. I'm like, yes, let's do that. Like the freedom, the time freedom, the lack of draw being drawn to the screen and what would that look like for our family? What kind of adventures could we have and how would that change everything up? And so I love hearing about your decision as a parent to just not have a TV screen. Can you talk to me about, you know, why y'all made that decision and what that's been like? Yeah, absolutely. Well, um it started off very early. I mean, we ha- I mean, we have had people give us televisions like old TVs throughout the years. So we've gone off and on in seasons of having like a TV, but it's always been very back burner. Not we've never had it as a centerpiece in our home. Um, And then when we moved out to the farm, like I remember we had, we turned our previous home into an Airbnb. And so we bought a TV for that Airbnb. And like I said, let's just maintain this coming into onto the farm because I want them their natural bent. Like, when the distraction's not there of, I want to, you know, when the screen's in front of them, kids are automatically going to be like, can I watch X, Y, Z? Yep. Veggie tales or whatever. Can we watch a movie? Um, so I wanted their natural inclination to be like, I'm going to go outside and do something. You know, that's what I did growing up. We were never inside. As a matter of fact, you weren't allowed to come inside until it was dinner time. Yeah. You know, we were never. And um, we just decided early on, um, we had friends who had screens and their kids were, I just wasn't how I wanted my kids to be interacting. And so we just kind of like looking at the example that other families had, it was great for them. But for me, I just wanted something different, kind of like how I grew up. I mean, I remember there was, we didn't, I wasn't even allowed to watch like Saturday morning cartoons and the time it was kind of like oh my friends get to watch this but now looking back i'm like man i was busy doing other really productive things and so we have family movie night you know friday nights we do a whole thing and we watch movies and but and then we, we have laptops in the house of course i mean we're business owners 
and the boys are, you know, they know how to find things when they need to, like, they're all, especially my oldest, you know, they all know how to like, Hey, I want to make a recipe. Okay. We'll look it up or whatever, but there's no, like we consider technology more for education than entertainment. And so that's just kind of, um, really like a, a vision that we've had for protecting them from the addiction. Cause I think as a young, as young children too, they don't know how to handle technology responsibly. It became, it becomes addictive. And I've watched that with the boys too. They've gone to friend's house and they come back and it's all they think about. They're dreaming about it. They're talking about it. Yep. When Minecraft came out, I remember just watching how the boys latched onto it in a way that it was like unhealthy. Like it was playing in their brains, even when they weren't like playing it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I want them and I've coached them through this too. Like, this is why guys, what if you used all that brain power to start a business or to go help people in need or to solve the world's problems and make, you know, I'm, I'm like, if I can help my kids become millionaires before they're 20, then I feel like I've, um, but that's no judgment against families that like, it's an integral part. I mean, so many of our friends, that's an integral part of how they do life. And I think it's great for them. Uh, we just wanted to be, I think, more conservative about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's inspirational, just completely and totally an inspiration to me personally. So there's a lot of themes. I feel like from all the things that you've shared with us, I love that I hear you making quality time for your kids and that you're, it seems to me like, correct me if I'm wrong, that you're doing this because your father set a beautiful example for you. He did, you said he did discipline, quality time, and entrepreneur entrepreneurship correctly. So you had that modeled for you. Um, and, and now you're, you're moving that forward in, in even greater strides with Nathan, you know, figuring out what really works for your family to build this dream for your family to be what you want it to be. <clears throat> do you see with entrepreneurship? Cause you you've shared these things with us, but do you see any things that you want to apply that maybe you're not now, uh, it, with, with your kids? I know you mentioned, taking your, your older boys on some trips. Are there, are there some neat ideas that you have kind of floating around that you haven't actually implemented yet? Yeah. Our family, like Nathan and I are both very, um, on the Myers-Briggs, we're both bordering. I'm, he's more, I think P than I am, but very free. Like we don't need a lot of structure to feel joy. My friends who are like, I have to do curriculum today because my kids are homeschooled. I'm like, let's go take them to the river. They're like, no, we have school. I'm like, but they're homeschool. <laughs> Anyways, we could probably benefit from more structure in our family. And so I try to create that. And then um, we do have help in our home, but I'm like, we actually need like a Fraulein Maria who can come and help us create some more like school structure. And even just the kids have all these different interests. And for me to keep up with you know, Seth wants to do this with Legos and Judah wants to do this with Airsoft and um, Ben wants to do like, I spend time doing the things they're interested in, but to have somebody who come and be like, okay, here's your, here's your plan for the week. You're going to spend this much time doing this, blah, 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 like creating some more structure. I yeah. think would be. And then also I, I have tried to set my calendar up in such a way where Fridays are my like adventure days with the boys. Um, it doesn't always happen because again, we own a business and fires happen and things happen where we're like, shoot. Um, but something where they get to get out and like we go to a museum or we learn something cool or we we drive somewhere and um, try to do stuff like that. But um, I would say more structure would benefit our family. 
Oh gosh, I love that so much. Um, and I actually, whenever I was in the thick of homeschooling, I wanted that so desperately too. Just someone who could come in and just supplement on some of those things to help with the structure. Cause I'm with you, girl. ENFP over here. Don <laughs> has the P2. Like we are just open loopers. What's they gonna bring? Let's go have fun. <laughs> Um, and I don't know if that's going to create a whole bunch of J's in our like children because they were desperate for some form of structure or not. <laughs> It'll be really interesting to find out, you know, how they turn out. But um, uh, so, okay, I guess in closing, one of the thing, um, one of the things that I've asked many people who've come on the podcast, just what does powerful mean to you? Whenever we talk about parenting, what does power, uh, powerfully parenting mean to you? Mm. Raising your kids in such a way where when they grow up, they will not depart from the like the values and the character. You know, the scriptures talk about, you know, train a child up in the way that they should go. And in the end, they will not depart from it. Mm. And so I feel like I'm really trying to always be getting to the heart because I'm like, I can't tell you how to behave at this stage of your life, boys, my older boys, like. I've laid a foundation for you. You guys need to make the right choices because when I'm not here to tell you what to do, which I am, thankfully, like Nathan and I both, we're still here to help train you and guide you up. But to me, powerful means when they are ready to step out, they understand who they are, their identity yes, um, in Christ and just who they are as a person, like what their interests are. And they know how to monetize. Um, I'm really big right now on like, these boys need to be multimillionaires before they leave the house. Um, learning how to monetize their interests and their skills because um, why not? We live in 2023, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but identity and just that core nature, like deep roots, internal roots, where they're not swayed by the world. Mm. Scary place out there right now, I think, with all the things that are happening in the world and all the ideologies. And I really hope that they can love the truth for themselves. Mm, golly, that's so powerful, Jamie. Thank you so much. Um, if there was something that you could say to maybe an entrepreneur who's been in the thick of it, they're in that hustle section of what they're doing in their in their business. And they, you know how it is. Sometimes you feel like you blink and it's like, oh my gosh, what just happened? And you can't remember the last time that you um, had a moment to really deeply connect with your kid. Uh, do you have any words of wisdom or advice for maybe that entrepreneur who might be listening? Oh, yes. I remember a woman we grew up with who had eight children. And I remember Judah was like six years old. And she said, I didn't even, and she to me is like the pinnacle of she had eight children who were all like grown, amazing, like living their lives out, doing amazing things. Um, and she told me this when when Judah was really little. She's like, it's never too late to start implementing. She said, I didn't even start understanding really how to do the thing until Rob, which is her oldest until he was like eight years old. And so I just would always say it's never too late. And each of us as parents have a vision for our, how we want to parent. And I would say like, let that express itself and like, and be very forgiving. I'm still in that process of like forgiving myself for being negligent sometimes of my children for the benefit of like, we have to get this business up and off the ground. So we don't live in poverty for the rest of our lives. You know, <laughs> um, I'm still like mourning some of those seasons that I lost because I was so busy, you know? Yeah. yeah. Just build, like be a part of a community of, of parents who are cheering you on and doing it well though. Like 
get a good group of people to get around entrepreneurial families who are just doing things the way that you envision doing things as well, you know? Mm, that's so powerful. I love it. Okay. So Jamie, you've dropped so much gold. If people want to learn more about what you're doing and what you're up to, where should they go? And I heard a rumor that you've got a new course coming out. Could you tell us about that? <laughs> yes. So um, the Her Effect is always going to be the place where you can pretty much find everything, the hereffect.com. Um, but I have been working on something for a really long time. I've reversed my autoimmune. I've reduced my medication. I've had a thyroid disorder for almost 20 years and have really made great strides. So I'm making a course on basically health freedom, how to be free from um, just all the crazy things that are happening. We don't have to, you don't have to be sick and tired at 40. You should be hiking mountains at hundred years old. So I'm going to teach you how to do that. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited. I will be one of the first people to sign up as soon as it is <laughs> available. I'll be stalking your site. Jamie, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate you so much and everything that you're doing and, and the inspiration that you are. And uh, if you're tuning in, it's never too late. And uh, we'll see you next time. I truly hope you enjoyed our episode today on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. Make sure to hit follow and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You're not gonna wanna miss a thing, I promise. If you were impacted by this episode, do me a favor and leave a review with a comment. I read every one of them and I also pass them along to our guests. If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links at powerfulparenting.com forward slash podcast. If you want to see more behind the scenes with me and my guests, be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's where we can have deeper conversations on these podcasts. Take care. And remember, it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about taking each day and working on showing up powerfully for our kids. They deserve it, and you are the parent for the job. See you on the next episode.